Daniel, how you doing today? I'm excellent today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, we're ready to have a good time. Sorry, I'm late to the party, everybody. I was uh, I was busy underground, 40 feet underground. You must excuse me. I'm serious, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I told him where you were. What <laughs> oh, you did were you? Doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I told him I saw a video of that shit because you sent me a video of it. And I said, I'm way too claustrophobic. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, that's what they said. They said a lot of people do get claustrophobic and uh, that's why they do that. But the part that was super hard was backing, backing, uh, reversing through the tunnel. That was crazy right there. Have you, have you seen that at all, Daniel? The, the whole loop thing? I, I read about it a little bit a while back, but we were talking a little bit about, about it when we were testing this stuff just to make sure that my microphone was actually working and uh it's weird it's weird that they have a driver it sounds like it's all futuristic and automatic but then you have to drive it that's like super lame they're definitely going to get rid of the drivers at some point yeah that's weird yeah just just like everything else hey man maybe they could take some of your uh, supplements while they go through the tunnel maybe that'll help them kind of get over their anxieties and stuff right laser in <laughs> Yeah. T- tell me help. about your supplement, man. Uh, well, that's it, man. <laughs> we could, uh, depends on how far back you want to go. I suppose. Take me as far back as possible. All the way back. All the way back. <laughs> oh like man. Uh, well, I won't go all the way back, but I don't know how this is going to, this is going to come out. Cause I, I haven't actually told this, uh, publicly necessarily on a, on a public forum really, but um, my customers, my customers know about all this stuff because I talk about it on my website. So long story short, uh, I've had a, uh, life, an, a crazy life, uh, narcotics mm-hmm. all over the place. I was raised in a, in a, I, I was a weird situation. I had a, I, I was raised by my mom, but she was so poor that she raised me with another mom. Mm-hmm. So I had like two moms. And my dad was was out of the picture when I was about five, and he was a total psychopath, you know, IV cocaine, like just he was on Jeez, another level. Yeah. Um, so um, that was like the dynamic. My mom was was super religious, and my dad was was a maniac. So mm. growing up, I, I I loved the stuff that my my dad would talk about because he was so like cool and. He was kind of hardcore. He'd get in fights all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and, but he was in and out of prison, you know, like Christmas time would come and, and I'd get 20 bucks or the next year it was, sorry, uh, I'm locked up in such and such, you know, so it was just a really weird upbringing. I didn't know when I was young, but all this stuff really affected me in a, in, in, in a negative way mentally, I believe. Um, so I, I leaned on, on drugs pretty early. Um, I started, uh, man, I think around like 13 or something. They brought you like some kind of happiness, huh? From the the dopamine rush of the drugs, probably. Right. I think it was more about an escape because I felt so uncomfortable 
I felt so anxious and uncomfortable when I was little. I was super scared <clears throat> all the time. Um, so that's what I remember. Being super scared and needing some comfort and turning to drugs. I mean, oh, yep. <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of, uh, you know, teenagers, they, they go through that. So, I mean, even like talking about that right now, I mean, I'm sure so many people could relate okay. to it. And so going through all those uh, things with your upbringing and <clears throat> like dealing with uh, pops, going to jail and everything. I mean, all of those things like do so much to you psychologically. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brought you to where you are uh, now with your, your supplement and everything, right? Like kind of finding something that can maybe like uh, be some kind of a uh, something to stimulate somebody and kind of like help them out in that kind of way. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if we fast forward um, 20, well, not 20 years, maybe 15 years or so um, I started working for myself and, um, and I had been in and out of rehab my my whole life you know up to this point mm-hmm. um and i had stints of, of of clean time and stuff you know clean time with alcoholics anonymous and all that you know whatever the stuff that they like shove in your face when you have drug problems um and uh <clears throat> so anyways long story short I, I started my own business and i had a lot of success with it the internet was booming this was you know i don't know almost five years ago or so right and uh um, I, what happened was, is I ended up, it was really successful and I ended up doing really well, but it, it wasn't very fulfilling. I got to the end of it and I was like, this shit sucks, but right. like just working for money sucks. Yeah, too much like a job it. to you, huh? Yeah, it was just, it was a lot of work. It, it was a lot of work, but at the end I wasn't fulfilled at all, at all. Like, right. I had achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve, complete freedom uh, the revenue or income that I needed to live a lifestyle that I wanted to travel and all that stuff. I was completely unfulfilled. Um, so what I decided to do was, um, I needed to do something that was more in line with who I am. And, 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 and I, I believe that I'm, I'm supposed to help people in some form or fashion. I get a lot of fulfillment from helping people. And there's a lot of different ways that I've, I've discovered to do that. Like teaching is one thing I really like to do. Um, coaching people, helping them learn stuff. But this other way was, uh, I knew, I knew a lot about supplementation through just mm-hmm. years and years and years of study. Uh, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for a year. And, uh, <clears throat> so I started researching how you can use supplementation to help with addiction problems. Okay. And what was crazy, what was so, so crazy to me now, mind you, I've read studies. I've been reading studies for years. Right. What was so crazy to me was there was all this research. There was all this research done on very inexpensive amino acids and things like that, that, that can help with cravings to almost every, almost every compound with addiction potential. So like alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, heroin, cocaine, you know, all the stuff, nicotine to some degree. Mm-hmm. And, and so here we have like, I don't know, 30 some million people. It's like one in 10 people in the United States admit that they have some sort of problem with, with narcotics. If you add alcohol and nicotine into that, I mean, God knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And here we have all this research for these cheap supplements that can, it's not a magic pill. It's not going to cure you, but it can reduce the cravings that you 
that you uh, receive when, when you, when you quit, because when you stop, it's like torture, man. It's, it's, you know, you get these cravings to, to do something you don't even want to do and it can last for months or years. So the fact that there was this inexpensive solution to kind of give us a better chance or give me a better chance at staying stopped was, I felt like it, it, it needed to be, uh, that story needed to be told. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great, great story right there. And, um, a great way to, uh, you know, come into the world with, with your product and everything and bring, bring something, a solution to a problem that a lot of people either do or don't realize that they have. I wonder if the people that do struggle with addiction and whatnot, do you think that they recognize that they have this severe addiction or most of the time, do you think it's like family and friends that have to point it out to them? I think that uh, there's definitely levels, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you go down the skid row, it's pretty obvious, but right. uh, I, I was, I was pretty good at hiding it. And so, but I knew inside before anybody else did, you know? Um, so I, I suppose it's different for everybody. And this, your um, product is something that people have to like seek out via word of mouth, or is it something that you're getting to the point that maybe like people in rehab facilities are like, Hey, there's this, the supplement you can take to help like curb that. Is that something like, you know, like doctors or, or therapists or something? Yeah. So they, the doctors and outpatient services and stuff, they already do. They already tell people, Hey, you can take this, you know, X, Y, Z. It will help you with cravings. Um, But nobody's packaged it up with other ingredients and packaged it up with the optimal dosages and sold it on a mass level. You know, nobody has, has told everybody, Hey, this is, this is possible because I'm telling, I've been to rehab. I don't know how many times and I never heard about it. Like no doctor ever told me about that, but it, but it does happen. The more that, you know, I've researched and stuff, it it does happen. And we we have doctors hit us up and stuff. And do you think that that's like, because like, it, like it all comes down to money and taking business away from like man i laugh but it's so sick i hope not i oh god you know like there's i had there are yeah companies i had a customer the ability to help people that won't because it, it fucks with their profit that's a, good, that's a good uh point to bring up stella yeah no it's interesting because we had um some guy he was like him and his brother owned some big wig rehab facility in texas or something Mm -hmm. and he was talking shit on on one of our facebook ads and then one of our customers was like hey man this thing actually works maybe you're just maybe you're just worried it's going to put you out of a job you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know exactly exactly that does yeah does big pharma kind of scare you at all like do you ever think about that i just think about why nobody knows man it's like i don't know i i I think that it's weird because big pharma puts out all sorts of stuff, you know, like depression medications and things like that. That's Mm -hmm. what I I sold. I I worked in the neurology department uh, for the third largest pharmaceutical company in in the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the studies and stuff on these normal medications, SSRIs, Wellbutrin, you know, the comp Zoloft, Mm -hmm. these common things, like 30% success rate. It's really not that good. So mm-hmm. when you see data like I've seen for these 
you know, inexpensive natural mm-hmm. uh, compounds to, to, can, to be effective in a similar, similar fashion. It's just, I don't know, man, it's insane. Well, it's just like, like vegans and veganism and all that shit getting like all kinds of heat for telling people that if they change their diet, they could like reverse, you know, the effects of like diabetes and things like that. And like, and you know me because like you and I hung out a lot when I was like kind of deep in that shit and like I wasn't eating meat (laughs) or whatever. And, um, but I never felt better. I've never like felt physically better, mentally clear as I did when I was eating like really clean and like on my exercise game and like, yeah, like, I think- and, and they, they try to keep people from doing all that shit, like from jumping on those hypes. I totally agree. I, I think that uh, eating clean and uh, being healthy in general really does help the mind. Have you ever like done like a fast and then like during the fast, you're thinking, man, I actually feel really good today. Like I'm thinking clear, I'm seeing clear. And then of course, you know, you end up getting hungry or whatever. So you go smash a burger and the next thing you know, your, your mind is all cloudy again. again. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It makes you wonder like, what do they actually put in, in all the meat and everything that we're eating? You know what I'm saying? Oh man, that's so true. I've, I've done a decent amount of traveling and every time I go to Asia or some sort of developing country, I end up way healthier. Like, like my body ends up way healthier within two weeks. I'm like shredded, you know, <laughs> and I feel super good. It's kind of concerning, honestly. It really no, is. No, it is. Like when I went to Colombia, like I went there, right? Like literally I finished my, I was telling you about how like I almost died from pneumonia two years ago. Well, I was really upset because I had the trip coming, going to Colombia like coming right then I finished my round of, um, all my antibiotics. I hopped on a flight to San Diego and was really nervous about traveling outside of the country after like, I haven't even fully recovered from pneumonia, but I started feeling better when I got to Colombia. Like, I don't know if it's like the air felt cleaner, like not in Bogota, but like (laughs) elsewhere, (laughs) but like the food is different. Like I was, was all the ass implants yeah no um (laughs) I I think it was I was eating shit that like like local like I wasn't eating at like their restaurant chains I was eating at like little like like little pockets of like really like like local people who like are just killing this shit and like making it right there to like sell it you know what I mean and it it just the being in a different country, I think in a different climate and a different atmosphere, like helped me, like my body spirit, you know what I mean? Like it's probably because they don't put all of the different um, antibiotics in the meat and stuff like that, which eventually ends up in our stomach and makes us like have some kind of like a, an addiction to the food and everything. Well, and makes you antibiotic resistant. Yeah, exactly. And so and so crave it, it helps with food cravings as well. Yeah. So I'm, I made it when I was, when I was formulating this, it took about two years and <clears throat> I was researching a lot. And most of this I did on my own. Um, but I, I did work with like a formulations uh, expert to, to, to finish this. Um, and what I did was 
it was made for drugs and alcohol. That's what it was made made for. But from my experience with e-commerce, I knew that Facebook was going to be pissed as soon as I started advertising this. Big right. Pharma was going to be pissed. You know, all of these people were going to be not happy that I'm a talking about illegal things, you know, and and b have an expensive solution that can that can help better your chances of 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 staying stopped. So, I I when I made the 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 formula, I I made it also for food cravings because I could rebrand it and sell it that way if I had too many problems on social media. And, I was getting bullied too much by the powers that be. So right. that is correct. Yeah, it does, it does work for food cravings as well by um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a long story, but basically if, if we're able to maintain stable blood sugar levels in the body, um, then, then you have less cravings to manipulate your blood sugar level. Like if it's too low, you have cravings to eat carbs to bring it up. So if we can stabilize the blood sugar level in the body, then, then we have less cravings. It's like a homeostasis thing. Exactly. What, what's a, what's a NAC? Yeah. So NAC is, is, is the, the one I was so shocked about. That's the most studied antioxidant, um, that it's the main ingredient in crave. Um, mm-hmm. this, this is, this is the compound that's been most studied, uh, for addiction, um, and compulsive actions of all kind, like compulsive hair pulling and stuff has been studied. Some wow. interesting out there stuff, just compulsive actions in general. Um, and we're, again, we're not talking about a miracle cure here. We're talking about, um, you know, say a group of 50 alcoholics were experiencing, you know, 70% uh, were experiencing really strong alcohol cravings. Mm-hmm. Then they were dosed with NAC for a period of time at a certain dose. Now only 20% experience alcohol craving. So, you know, again, trying to better the chances. Well, because there's levels, like not everybody experiences that at the same level. Exactly. And it's so complex. I mean, you never know what's going on at home. You never know what's going on in the diet. Totally. All the other factors. Yeah, exactly. So I would, so so if it like helps out with even like compulsive uh, actions that we that we have on a daily, I guess you know the people who used to be addicted to fidget spinners, they could just take some crave and okay. they probably not have the fidget in them no more, you know. Because that's also a compulsive disorder. Like I, I well, fidget there's a people lot, who like, have so like I'm wondering, huh? You who have to constantly be fucking with something like in order to focus. I'm yeah. doing that right now. Yeah. The crave is not working for that apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to like <laughs> I really want to try some now because it's interesting to me. I like I always I always prefer like going the more natural route. So um I don't know, man. And there's such like a, a huge um majority of people who really want and prefer the natural route. I mean, you already got people going vegan and everything, right? But like when it comes to like things, supplements that you put in your body, I mean, there's nothing better than actual like natural ingredients and things that will already like your body almost already kind of produces some of this stuff. And then you're just kind of helping it out and everything. It's when you put in like the the big pharma 
medications and everything that it seems like people become more and more messed up. And I mean, it's obvious. Everybody knows like they want to keep them on certain medications and everything like that. I mean, it's not, that is not a secret. I mean, that's how they, they keep the doors open and how they keep revolving around. I got a, I got somebody I know and uh, love in my life. Right. And they have uh, MS and they told me about this story, how there is this dude who has, um, this great study on stem cell research and everything and how it can really help people with MS. And he wanted to present to the, the organization that would throw the conventions and talk about the, the different ways that people with MS can overcome MS. And they always talked about, they spoke about, you know, big pharma drugs and things that they can take to help them cope with it. But the guy who was presenting the stem cell research he was trying to show them like that this can actually cure them of the MS and how there's actual people who had MS. Um, they, they done this stem cell uh, therapies and whatnot and overcame it. And he wanted to present to them. Next thing, you know, the guy, he got, you know, off, you know, and that's, that's like just yeah. the wildest thing to me, or even like the story about all of the doctors on the plane in Indonesia and then the plane disappears and they're all doctors who were studying how to get rid of HIV AIDS. Mm. I remember that one. Yeah, Shit's it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Be careful, Daniel. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> I know we're like scaring you know, Daniel. Right now. This is a murder yeah. mystery podcast. No, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. Give it, give it, give it a go. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you some. Uh, it's, it's not, the the way that I made Crave was, uh, it's it's very when someone quits using um some sort of substance on a regular basis, it's very predictable what they experience when they stop. Very very. That happens for people with sugar or just changing Correct. their diet, caffeine, you know, Correct. like breaking like, any habit. Like if your body's used to it. Correct. Like take sugar for example. We'll just use that. Everybody's pretty familiar. Um, you stop using it, you get cravings to use it. I don't know if you ever use like done keto diet, but the cravings that you get for carbohydrates are insane. Um, so it's narcotics and, and alcohol. You could, it's similar, but just times it by 10 and then times the reward by 10, you know, so it, it's, it's hard, but anyways. Um, so when, when you can predict what's going to happen, cravings, issues with anxiety, problems with sleeping, we can try to the new level research is the supplement brand to help address each one of those hurdles that we know people are going to experience. So mm -hmm. like we have a sleep product to help with sleep um, and, and crave is not just for cravings. It also touches on mental performance because people get so much brain fog and ish, like problems thinking and concentrating when they stop. Um, and, and also um, anxiety and stress because that gets amplified as well. So normal people take it too. Normal. Oh, I have to holler at you for somebody <laughs> which, near and which, dear to me. Which everybody in the in the world is experiencing today, the the anxiety and stress, um, just to piggyback off of what you just said. And I think that the social medias and everything are a part of that. And the reason why people are experience all these anxieties and stress. And so yeah, Man, I mean, I, for real. Yeah, I think it's super important. So I wanna I wanna um tie the convo into what I brought up in the very beginning. Now, I want to talk about um, Elon Musk a little <laughs> bit. All right. So yeah, let's do it. I want to bring up how 
there's speculation that Elon Musk might actually be an alien here on Earth right now. <laughs> and he's trying to find his way back home. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought like it was he funny. Would know, you know, he would know how to get home if he got here, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would think so. I would imagine so. I mean, he's doing so many crazy things. And, and so on June 1st, they're supposed to be um, you know, presenting all of these these facts about UFOs and everything that that have been visiting us over the years and everything. So I just I just find it interesting. Who's they? The government. Ooh, right. Well, I sent I Jimmy. This. I sent him this like thing that I saw and it says like supposedly from the Telegraph saying that the Pentagon confirmed um, leaked videos of UFOs like over u.s navy ships are like genuine yeah yeah you know this is one of those topics where (laughs) i'm so surprised that people actually don't get more amped up about it like this is one of those topics that i'm so stoked about because i know from the research that i've done that that it's it's real now i don't know who's behind these things that are flying around in the sky i couldn't tell you but I know that 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 is real. Um, and and what I mean, if we if there's actually an alien behind this goddamn ship flying around, I mean, that's like the coolest thing ever. I mean, imagine sure. what we could, it, we could become, you know? Yeah, it's just crazy to me that people think that there's no way there's no life outside of Earth. Like, that's wild to me because I, I don't see how that could be fucking possible. You know, like they they're supposedly in some galaxy, other galaxy, there's like an earth, but like five times the size of Earth. Now, if they have water and they have these things, how is there not any at least bacteria or whatever, like living? You know what I mean? Like even at the very like Mars, is there any kind of like bacteria or anything on Mars that they've found? Well, the universe is massive. It's it's, it's very it's it's very hard to kind of wrap the human brain around how large the universe is. the the best The best way to um, kind of try and quantify it is the sun. Our sun is a dwarf star. It's actually a small star, and you look into the sky and you see all of the stars burning all over the place. Those mm-hmm. are similar to our sun, most likely bigger. Um, and another uh, another interesting one is I don't remember. The exact number, it's 1.2 or 1.3 million Earths can fit inside of our sun, uh, just for some scale. There's just no way that there isn't any other life anywhere except for Earth. Well, like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's 100% no got to be more life around there. And I, I'm like somehow like convinced by this little theory I have in my own head that we're definitely in some kind of simulation and that like we're avatars. Like who knows? Maybe we're like the video game of an alien. Well, we've talked Man. about this because I literally <laughs> go to sleep and I feel like avatar. Like I go to sleep, I close my eyes and I feel like I wake up in a whole other realm and I'm like doing life somewhere else. I wake up exhausted, like, and like, I just got done having this whole other life, like legitimately. What of dreams? Now this is, this is going to be like, I'm, I'm going through the motions somewhere else with like completely different people. Like, like, is it earth? 
Does it look the same? <laughs> it's not Pandora or anything like that, but like it is earth like. And if it was earth, like, I want to feel, I want to say it feels like Egypt to, to be honest, like, mm. like I'm waking up somewhere else and I'm going through the motions, going to work, having like having conversations and relationships with people. And then I'm closing my eyes there and waking up here. Does that make That's, sense? Uh, it does make fucking sense. Fucking weird. So like blow your mind. <laughs> A little what bit. I, and if, I wake up here exhausted. Not really. Like I haven't been sleeping. Like I was actually alive somewhere else. What if dreams are actually the alien's little brother picking up the the headset and uh, having a little adventure and fun? <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking with you. That's why in dreams, like we do shit I we would normally do in real life. Third person sometimes in my dreams as well. Ooh, that's, that's interesting. Are you in like, the room? Yeah, like I'm watching my like like I'm controlling myself in a video game. That's like called lucid dreaming, I, right? Yeah, I have lucid dreams for sure. That's really interesting. Um, I, I wonder sometimes about if we knew all the answers, how crazy the answers actually are. Like how close to science fiction reality actually is. Yeah, I have a feeling it's much closer than than we realize. And like, do do you ever have dreams that are like premonitions? Because I've talked about this where I had a dream before I ever moved to Oregon and I lived in Montana. I had a dream that kept taking place at this one spot. And it wasn't until I went to Lane Community College that I had the epiphany that my dream was taking place at Lane Community College. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, I'm like having chills right now because I'm thinking of like I know, but like you know, you know what that campus looks like, right, Daniel? Like Ooh, yeah. the 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 way that the concrete's set up is architecturally like not similar to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why when I got there and I started attending school there, it was like, <gasps> you know, like, oh my God, I've dreamed about this place multiple times within the last couple of years and like now i'm seeing this place have you have you had any any gifts or weird things growing up besides that not that i'm aware of i i but uh, the premonition dream thing is something i've i feel like i've always had Hmm. it's i don't know it's wild on the topic of aliens maybe i am one (laughs) Yeah, no, there, there's, there's something that we should definitely touch on. I don't know how, how deep into this we should go because it's pretty out there, but uh, it's something that that's helped me tremendously and, and, and more people need to know about it. So, so I'll go here. Let's dive uh, deep, yeah. <laughs> I'll go here. Uh, so in regards to being like two places at once and maybe the a matrix of some kind. So I had a really, really hard time with COVID, really hard time with isolation, um, tons of anxiety, tons of depression, like like the deepest depression ever. I, it's hard to even explain how bad it affected my mental, um, not being around people, being by myself. I was in Puerto Rico for some of the time and they had us locked mm-hmm. in our, we couldn't even go outside to get food. We couldn't even go outside to exercise. Uh, and the food delivery service was two weeks backed up. So go figure out how you're supposed to eat. Um, anyways, 
So I ended up in this position where, I mean, I'm running a company, you know, I have employees, I need to, I'm a leader, I need to be able to function. And I was just debilitated with this depression. And um, so it's been a long time since I had to be on any sort of medication like that. And so I went back on uh, Wellbutrin, which Mm -hmm. is a depression medication that's worked decently well for me in the past. And it didn't do anything. Um, So I started researching more and there's this different type of treatment that's extremely effective for depression is called ketamine infusions. Have you guys heard of ketamine before? Um, I like, I'm aware of the word, but I don't know really enough about it to be like, yeah, I know what that is. Ketamine. It's something that makes you happy, right? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's abused quite a bit in the, in the rave scene. (laughs) There you go. They'll do a lot of ketamine and, and basically just, they go into what's called a k-hole and just kind of like sink into nothingness they when you abuse it it's pretty pretty wild it's i don't know doesn't seem very fun to me but right uh anyways it's an anesthetic it's used to um you know kind of like do procedures on people without them being um like without respiratory depression because lots of those medications will suppress breathing so it's very safe very safe medication that's used for a long time so what they found is that in in large doses through infusions for for small periods of time it can reduce depression symptoms within minutes um and how infusion as in through an iv oh okay through like, your intravenous. Va- like intravenous okay. okay um and in 2019 the fda actually approved a version of ketamine because it was generic and no pharmaceutical companies could make any money on it. So they had to change a molecule and then put it out again. And so in 2019 that happened so they could all make money on it. And it's a nasal ketamine spray for depression. The problem is, is that you have to go into this clinic, I think daily or twice a week or something um, in order to, for it to work. So it's a real pain in the ass. So the alternative is these infusions and that's kind of the original thing that's been studied and worked so well problem is, is it's not covered by insurance. It's super expensive, but the success rate is like 70%. And we're talking about treatment resistant depression, 70%, not 70% in general, the people that no medications work for 70% of them get better. So I, I pulled the trigger and, um, it absolutely worked. It, it totally 180 me within a matter of weeks. That's crazy. Um, pretty amazing and yeah and and i don't know how deep we want to get into this again but people need to know about this because it's not covered by insurance so it's not very well kind of known whatever it's not like push pharma's not making any money on it gotcha it's generic you know so it costs like 500 dollars a session um and i still do it once a month once every three weeks right now um to maintain just kind of like taking an antidepressant you have to take it daily this you have to take it once a month so I go into the doctor's office The it's a whole doctor, like legit thing. And they hook up this IV for an hour. Um, but what I was going, what I was going with this is that what happens with ketamine is it shuts down your brain to the point where you no longer have an ego or that voice that kind of like feedback that says, you know, gives you feedback about the world around you. 
right so and so is pretty is my hair look good you know like did my voice sound funny like that voice you know yeah yeah that voice gets completely shut off and the way that i can explain it best explain it is is you go somewhere else like your spirit legitimate this is what it feels like leaves your body completely and you go way out to some other place and you and you hang out there and meet people things and get (laughs) travel around and smell things and see things and hear things uh for about 45 minutes or so what that's crazy like you're it's like it out of body experience kind of 100 percent holy shit well where is your body while this is happening just laying down the body's in a chair and, and you com- you're, I'm completely conscious. I completely know where I am, what I'm doing, who I am, who my parents are, everything. The whole, everything is completely normal mentally, but your spirit, that, 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 that voice is shut off and then your spirit just gets projected out is what it seems like. I wonder if you were to ask people who, who also get these injections, if they have the same, same experience. Definitely. They, they do. They do. You've had conversations. Yeah. And what's creepy about what's creepy about this is if you look into near death experiences, Uh they believe that ketamine replicates a near death experience because the brain shuts down in a similar way when you pass away. Uh Uh, And so it's almost like duplicating a near death experience. And, and, and if you, if you research near death experiences, they're almost exact copies of the ketamine experience. Holy fuck, man. It's deep. Um, That's crazy. Blown away right now. My mind is like really blown right now. I want some ketamine. (laughs) (laughs) Sold to the highest bidder. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Dude, you just blew my mind. Seriously. I'm telling you guys. I'm like speechless right now. I don't even know what to fucking say. For someone that's been through the ringer with mental health, like I have, to find something that is that effective um it doesn't exist it 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 doesn't exist and so yeah so you you have on one hand you have the effectiveness the efficacious nature of the drug which is fantastic and then on the other hand you have this experience that you go through which gives you a completely different perspective on your life because when you when you go when that happens to you i'm not telling you you think it's happening like it happens happening it's it happens it happens your whole world around you is completely different and you're seeing it vivid just like i see you like everything's it's a trip so when that happens to you and you come back you have a whole different perspective on on what's important in your life you realize how small everything is here have you seen the movie soul the new disney movie no you definitely should because it's about. kind of that, it's kind of that like this guy so this character in this movie okay so you know how like there's this always this concept when when you know of 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 when you die your soul leaves and goes to this other place right you're not it's not really completely gone it's just like in another place right so in this movie um these souls are kind of like in another realm and they keep an eye on earth and the people who are physically alive like there and so 
you know, when it's your time kind of a thing, somebody comes like the grim reaper basically comes and like takes your soul, right? Like you're, you die in the physical world, but your soul goes elsewhere. So in this movie, obviously not as dark because it's a Disney movie, <laughs> like they accidentally take somebody before it was their time, right? Like it was an accident that he died and he wasn't supposed to, but he was just on the verge of his, like his break like to he was a musician he was like and his whole journey is to try to get back into his body um but what he like realizes is what like the the thing that sets him free was when he finally understood his actual purpose you know like to help people There's there's a part in that movie though specifically that really gave me ketamine vibes like when he was describing it to me what ketamine does the part in the movie where there's like a a hippie dude in the real world who is twirling signs on the corner Mm -hmm. and when they go and try to find all of the lost souls there's a guy who like his soul is in this place but really he's on earth but his soul is in this place like he's like Like, the the piece dual thing yeah yes and he's the one that's helping people find their souls and then you know he'll take them back to earth if they really discover their true their true person and their true passion and he'll help them find it and navigate it but he's really on earth but his spirit is in this spirit realm where all of the lost souls are and it's giving me mad ketamine vibes right now because it's making me feel like damn this is what happens hard, with ketamine man. It like takes you to the place where your soul has been lost and helps you kind of find who you are and the true beauty and essence of yourself. You see? That's exactly what happens. That can only crazy. be achieved like mine when you when you release the ego. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's and almost like, like the ego like is nirvana. It it feels like nirvana. It, where where you go. I'm just going to send it, right? I, I realize how crazy this sounds, but no, whatever. Not at all. Where you go, where you go, <laughs> there is no pain. There is no fear. There's no, um, it's just peace and love. That's all that you can really experience. There is no um, ego at all. There's no judgment. There is nothing. You're like your brain doesn't really function. It's almost like that part gets turned off. I wonder That's if our bodies. Part that like compels you to do all the fucked up shit to yourself totally you know i wonder if our bodies like naturally produce ketamine or is it like completely like something completely man-made man-made yeah completely which is weird because it seems to be a key that unlocks something in the (laughs) very powerful completely man-made i wonder if they like because you know how like in Buddhism, like Nirvana is like the ultimate goal, right? Complete enlightenment. And their journey, their life is basically their journey to achieving that. Like, I wonder if you would like, if we were to look at their brains when they've, they're at that point, you know what I mean? Like what that would look like in comparison to somebody like you who have achieved that via ketamine do you know yeah. what i'm saying with like yeah. do you know where i'm going with this like, i think there's a lot of similarities with turning off that inner voice the ego and meditation mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. And, and that is something, you know, of course, that you guys are aware is very popular in that area. Yeah. 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 I would have to like look this up, but I wonder if ketamine is kind of like the artificial DMT. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, so DMT, they say they've found within the human biology itself. So that's one difference. DMT is supposedly natural. Well, it's found in a ton of plants, a ton of plants. So it is natural. Ketamine's not. And I've, I've done DMT. Um, I went, I went to uh, Peru and did ayahuasca with shamans um, wow. in the jungle for a week. Oh my <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, man, I've, I've, I've been around the block with this stuff. So that's one of the reasons why it's this ketamine experience has been so powerful and so telling, but yeah, so I I've, I've done the oral version of, of DMT in Peru myself. Can you tell me about your experience with the ayahuasca Peru trip? I actually, I did a YouTube video. It's called, um, can ayahuasca cure addiction is the title. Um, and I did a video on it at, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the place. What's the, the, uh, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Yeah. At Machu Picchu. It's pretty cool, but it, yeah, uh, it, it's a way of life out there. It's not, it's not people dedicate their whole lives to working with plants. So it's not just when, when you're, when you're mixing with these people in Peru, it's like what they've been born and bred to do for 20 years, you know, their grandparents and their grandparents have been working with plants. They take it super seriously. It's like their world. They believe that the earth has all sorts of different, like you can communicate with the earth mm-hmm. and the plants. And I don't know. So they take it pretty, pretty seriously. And, and the ayahuasca for me was, um, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Actually, it was like, all of the therapy that I've ever been in, and I've been through a lot since I was little, all combined into three hours is uh, kind of what it's like. Like, um, like, like physically feeling your like mental and emotional, like trauma wise, like, yes. Yeah. Wow. So there it's, it's almost like you're being sh- well, it's not almost like this is what happens is you're, you're shown all of these things that f- from some, some source that seems like wise or that has much more knowledge than, than you do. And you're shown, you're told all of these kind of things that you don't know and taught all of these things and shown all of these things. And a lot of it has to do with your past trauma or current things that you're struggling with. So anything that you're trying to hide gets revealed. Uh, which is probably the hardest part. Like you cannot hide anything from this experience. It's going to, you're going to learn about it. Is there somebody like kind of mediating this experience or is it something that's all happening within the, the ayahuasca experience? Yeah. It's making my heart beat fast. Just even talking about this is (laughs) so crazy. Uh, Yeah. No, the, the, there was, there's a shaman. There's a, there's a main shaman. There's a couple different assistants. There's nurses as well. It's in what's called a maloka, which is basically a round hut. And all the Westerners or people that came there for the ayahuasca ceremonies lay down um, in a circle. And you drink the ayahuasca. It's like a, a brew. It tastes terrible. 
Um, and then when you drink it, you actually throw it up again. And in fact, you, you might throw up a lot. And there was a guy that shit himself. I mean, your body is like ridding itself from, I don't know, they say other toxicity that you brought into the, to the ceremony. Um, but yeah, you throw it up and then, and then the whole world becomes a different world and you're taught a lot of different stuff. The the most telling part about the ayahuasca was I was, I was taught stuff that I had no idea about. So I don't know how that happens or where it comes from, but I know it definitely didn't come from me. (laughs) So, so interesting. It's actually a big, big reason why I did new level. There's a huge reason why I launched new level and focused on it wholly because one of the things that I was told quote unquote was the secret to success has nothing to do with any sort of monetary gain whatsoever. Um, the secret to success is actually aligning your work with who you are inside. Mm-hmm. Um, because what happens when you align your work with who you truly are, you step into this position of power. You step in this position of alignment. People start to notice. Um, it's much easier to learn when you're aligned with, with, with who you truly are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes much deeper than that. I, I, was, I was basically taught this whole <laughs> circle of success and how it works. And so that's why I started New Level. Yeah, man. No, I mean, I, I totally get that because I think once you really find your passion and it doesn't feel like work, you discover that's what you really truly want to do. And it, it fulfills you like it when you feel like you're, you. yeah, when you're helping, helping others and, and it's not yeah, all about the, the monetary gain, like you said. So I could definitely uh, see how an experience like that can kind of take you to where you are now with the new level research speaking of research man i'm just blown away by how it seems like all of the years all of your years like starting from your childhood on up just based off of everything you told me like you've been like searching for like answers all along you know and then and then going to places like peru to try an ayahuasca experience you've tried ketamine you've tried you've tried dmt it's like you're you're searching like beyond what we know as reality as well for, for answers on, on how to like really truly discover your true self. Like that's seems to be like your actual journey, like discovering like your true self, what makes you really happy and, and then helping others do the same thing. More people should do that. I think, I think a lot of people are just so caught up with like, the hustle and bustle of like survival that like they don't take the time or or don't um or don't even want to face that kind of shit you know like totally you know what I mean for me I, I just experienced so many consequences from that way of life you know just kind of putting my head down and ramming through I experienced so many consequences I I just had the way I see it I really had no choice but to try and peel back the layers and try and figure out what what's really going on because all of the western answers have had failed me over uh, numerous numerous times so well it's good that you had the self-awareness like to like be introspective you know like to really the to want the motivation the discipline the self-awareness to like really 
and 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 to face the part of you that a lot of people don't want to face you know to like really dive deep and go to like what the root of all of that shit is and then do the work to like fix it and move away from that like that's a huge huge thing to be proud of and like that's a major accomplishment that's incredible like it just speaks to your character you know I really appreciate you guys saying that it, for me, I just feel like I'm fumbling around, <laughs> tried, like in the dark, you know, trying to figure it out. Um, but I, I, there's, there is some truth to that. I, I think one of the things that's been apparent is that I'm, I'm here to do something. I'm, I'm here to do something important in some form or fashion. And uh, I'm decent at communicating. So maybe me just making all of these mistakes and, and suffering, you know, for so long and just being a a knucklehead all the time and smashing my head against the wall and trying all these different things and communicating my results is part of that, you know, part, part of what I'm supposed to do. I'm I'm not really sure. I appreciate that though. Thank you. Because like, and that's how I feel about podcasting because I feel like growing up, um, I didn't have a lot of supervision, you know, and, and to be someone who I felt like had a shit ton of potential and not have like that mentorship or that, that, um, positive role model or influencer or, or someone talking to me or to talk to me, like that's kind of been the reason why I've, um, worked in the, the fields that I've worked in, like working with unaccompanied youth and working with kids and and teenagers. And then because I wanted to, to be able to help them by talking to them and being there for them the way that I felt like I needed somebody. And like, and that's what I feel like podcasting does as well, because I think people learn from people like you, you don't just, you learn from your experiences, but you also learn when you can reflect and have conversations with people, you know, and, and from hearing about shit and and being able to relate to it on whatever level you can relate to it to. And then what happens from that is the reflection and the, like, you know what I mean? The the shit that comes with that. And that's what I like about podcasting. Because I think that, like, even though we, we fuck around on here, you know, sometimes we're just Quite a bit. fucking going for it on whatever topics. Yeah. But the thing, the feedback we get the most is that these these topics are very relatable. And, like, people feel them on whatever level they feel them because they're thinking it, they're living it, whatever. But, like, it is that opportunity to, like, for me to get it out there and let people know like, Hey, you're not alone. Kind of a deal, you know? Other people have foot fetishes and stuff. I do. I don't have a foot fetish, but, um, starting to have one. Jimmy's starting to have one. Just for my wife though. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I don't look at like the foot cam on the Monday episodes and be like, Oh my gosh. But yeah, that would be I weird. Feel naked that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. Not on this podcast. Sorry. Nah, I nah, won't nah, do nah. that voice. <laughs> yeah, please don't. I hate that voice. I literally hate it. But, but well, that's the other piece with the foot fetish thing. You know, like part of me now feels like 
I'm helping this community not feel weird about something that is like something that they can't help. Like you can't help what you're attracted to, you know, like feet turn them on. They can't help that. Like a lot of these people who have this, this fetish talk about that. They, they never understood it as when they were children, when they were like, wanting to see feet yeah Yeah. and like the way that it made them feel until they were older and realized what it was but then there's still a lot of shame because people talk about people who have foot fetishes like they're fucking weirdos and this that and the other and so like that's the part of me that like I get I'm fulfilled with like helping people like, I feel like I'm helping that community, like, oh. feel more normal and, like, okay and not weird about their shit, you know? Totally. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying is, is that uh, when, when, when I've, I think the most powerful an individual can be is, is when they are exposing their darkest mm-hmm. secrets, like their darkest shortcomings. Uh, the things that they don't want people to know, you know, um, that's, that's one change that, that was so, so, so hard for me to make on a public forum, like, like a business Mm -hmm. in order for new level to work, I have to admit some shit that I really don't want to talk about. You know, I've spent my whole life trying to guard it, hide it, you know, uh, pass drug tests, you know, whatever, and, and so that's interesting because, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of power that comes from vulnerability. Oh, so much, so much, dude. Like, and that's why I was when, like, we were talking before that thing, before we got on this thing. And I was like, you hung out with me when I had like nothing, basically. Like I did have my own place, but I didn't have like a couch. <laughs> like we'd watch TV on my bed that I had in the living room so that we can have somewhere to sit because <laughs> like, I had wood floors you know and and there's just been several times where I've had to start over you know coming back down here I was like homeless for several months living out of my car and that's not like a fun thing to to admit to people but what's cool looking back is like to look back at all the times that I was able to like pull myself out of like really shitty situations you know, and, and like, I, I don't want to ever come off as someone who's never gone through hard times, you know, because I think that it's like with social media, people often see the highlights and, oh, they think this is so great, this and that, like that entire time that I was homeless, nobody knew except for like the closest people to me. So when I finally posted the picture of me laying on my living room floor that when I just got this apartment a year ago, like people are like, oh my God, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, dude, I was like living out of my car and couch surfing for several months and saving money to get to this point. Like started from the bottom. People, people relate to it though. And they feel less bad about going through their shit because they don't feel alone. Man, that is so true. I, I hope that this podcast blows up so you can you can be one of those people that's like, man, you know, you can be one of those relatable people that, you know, have, you have success and, you know, can, cause you're, you're so much more grateful when 
you know, you come from nothing. I remember hanging out with you. You're at, you were crazy. Like I remember there, you had opportunities to, to make money or do this or that, but you're so focused on the goals that you had, you're willing to sacrifice, um, monetarily and, and like, um, what's the word you were willing to sacrifice stuff to get where you were going. I, I remember that a lot about you and when, when we were younger. Yeah. And I also remember when you wore uh, yoga pants uh, around your house with that bed in the living room. And then I hit on you and then you stiff armed me. I remember that. Very well. <laughs> I did. We got to get a little. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But I had, it, it wasn't like a, Ooh. I'm not attracted to you. I don't think you're a cool guy. You know, it was like. He said, what, what are I, your intentions? I said, what are your intentions? What are your intentions? That's what I said. And, if and then I smiled and didn't say anything. Yeah. And so walked out. Like, yeah. <laughs> good answer after a stiff arm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we remained cool. Like I, I, you know, helped you do some shit like for the things that you were doing at that time. Like, you know, yeah, you, we worked together for a second. We did. <laughs> I kept, I, I helped take care of your shit for you while you were in another country. That's true. Was it Peru? Thailand. Oh, was it Thailand? I think it was Thailand. Yeah. Are you a Muay Thai fighter too? I wish I, oh. I boxed for a little bit, but my body breaks down at, I get injured all the time. It's so. not a normal sport, man. It's, I don't think that <laughs> people are meant to like beat up each other all the time that's kind of what boxing is like you get in there and spar a lot and you get used to fighting and then you fight with no headgear on and get knotted up and then I don't know it's not normal you see how a lot of the boxers are like you know in their later years you know I mean not not like dissing or nothing like that but I mean it's it's just facts it's facts my my coach was this guy that spent a ton of time in prison was super institutionalized and he boxed through through his prison term and was really good I, I guess he won some sort of championship that they have there and he was my coach who's super intimidating and one time he, he he hit me super hard without headgear on and I'm like dude aren't you my coach like he literally, literally I, I got some sort of hardcore concussion from this dude <laughs> isn't that <laughs> one guy that I met too Ginnick at the gym yeah Ginnick is his name he's kind of squatty and shaved yeah. head tattoos yeah I don't know he was hardcore. Dang, that doesn't sound like somebody that uh, I would like to take a punch in the head from. Somebody with squatty <laughs> legs, because that's where the power comes from. <laughs> that's why Mike Tyson was such a beast and used to knock people's heads off, you know, because he had so much power coming from his legs. and Entire body. His entire body. Yeah. yeah it wasn't just upper top heavy. That's crazy, man. I wonder if Elon Musk has squatty legs, you know? <laughs> Hey, you want to know? What's, you want to know what's funny about uh, this company that uh, that's doing the whole loop thing on on their uh, little like introduction packet? They ask, they ask, what is your answer going to be when people ask, "Have you ever smoked pot with Elon Musk?" I'm like, what? <laughs> they really asked you that? Yes, they asked me that on the test today. They said, "What'd you say?" I said, "I haven't. I know nothing about that." And they said. <laughs> Perfect answer. 
wow that's interesting that's why i think he's an alien like what kind of unorthodox test question is that maybe that's why he bought so much bitcoin maybe he knows something we don't i yeah for real though dang he did spend like 1.9 no what was it 1.9 billion 1.5 1.5 billion on bitcoin 10 percent 10 percent of the cash in their balance sheet i believe or close to it eight somewhere eight percent yeah, cryptocurrency is going absolutely nuts right now. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to give the finger to the banks and just all of those. I cannot wait. I hope I, I see it. I I personally, I'm with you on that, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they're going to work with the the coins that operate alongside the banks. I think that's what's truly going to happen. I don't think that... Um, decentralizing everything with a cryptocurrency is going to be widely accepted because the bank system, they don't want to, they don't want to fall off. So they're going to, you know, get with the movement. Yeah. (laughs) So they're going to figure out which cryptocurrencies and technologies are being created that make them make more money. They're going to figure out a way to make everybody who is using the decentralized uh, coins and figure out a way to get that out of there. I don't know that that's just my my prediction. It was an interesting thing to do, like with taxes, because it's not tied to like right. banks. Traditional like banking. A, yeah, yeah, it was a really almost. weird thing when I did my taxes. I was like, why are you asking me this if you can't really tax me on it? Right. And I just read I something that confused. they can't even tax you on it unless you use it to to buy or sell goods. And then you accept it or use it as payment. It's such a gray area in accounting. Yes. I'm, I'm dealing with it now. We used to accept it. I'm going to accept it again soon on the site, but it's it's so messy. Just on an investment side, it's really messy. I can imagine right how that, yeah. that could be so. You know, the, I, I think that you're right. I think the banks are going to, they have to figure out a way to monetize it, right? So they're going to figure yeah. out how to make money. They're, so, they're too powerful. Yeah. way too powerful. Yeah, they're too powerful. But I hope, I, I hope that what comes out of this, if the government will allow it as some sort of kind of detached or separate rails that you can kind of opt into. I just don't know, you know, like there's these privacy coins that mean you don't have to provide your identification. You don't have to, you know, do all this stuff. I have a feeling they're probably going to ban it all, but I I hope that I totally agree, especially with those privacy coins, because those privacy coins were created, were created because they felt like they were more private than Bitcoin. Because mm-hmm. now you're able, I mean, you're able to see all of the transactions on Bitcoin and they could track back addresses of Bitcoin back to whatever wallet it came from, whatever exchange it came from. But now if you're using some kind of um, hard, hardware wallet, there's damn near no way to, to track that. They don't know who owns that address in the hardware wallet. They only know who owns the address on the software, the Coinbase wallet or whatever exchange they use. So there's almost no way for them to track that part. But I'm sure there's like a way, like there's so many different addresses in, and just tied back to a specific transaction. But like, there's like a way that they probably could use those privacy coins to to get away from that. But, you know, obviously, at some point, they're going to consider that probably, you know, some kind of infraction or something like you'll get in trouble probably for that kind of stuff. And you'll have to use these certain bank coins, you know. 
these uh, CBDCs or what have you. So it's very interesting. I mean, that's a whole nother, a whole nother ball game. I mean, I, I've looked into cryptocurrency quite a bit, so I'm, I'm like a crypto nerd actually. Uh, I love it. I love it. When I, when I say middle finger to the banks, I, you know, if there's a total overhaul, I'd be so stoked, but just more, even just being able to take my money out. I've moved almost everything out of the traditional banking system. Almost everything. I'm not mad at you, bro. Uh, yeah, and I'm so happy about it. You know, I can I can send you any amount of money I want in seconds, and it's almost free. And and nobody can tell me that I can't. And I love that because I've had so many problems with banks. I've had banks shut down my accounts. I've had you know, go into a bank and try to deposit a ten thousand dollar check and see how long it takes until you actually have access to that money. Right. Okay, you I know see, it's I, insane. I, I, I see you over there. You know a little bit about uh. Stellar Lumens XRP and stuff like that. I see you. Is that what you're talking about right now? Well, I mean, I'm aware of those, but I think Stella is the big investor in XRP. And and that's because of Jimmy. uh, It was because he told me like what, like a year and a half ago. Like it was a while ago, maybe almost two years. Hey, (laughs) I was I was thinking Stella one day. I was like, man, you're like my only friend that actually listened to any of my. uh, my uh crypto rants and actually went ahead and you know and invested money in in, yeah and i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna send you like a little thank you like i think it was like 100 xrp now it's like worth like 200 (laughs) dollars what i sent her yeah (laughs) whoops i'm gonna give you a little bit more like this this, and and now it's like going up and i'm like holy fuck dude like right cool like i'm I'm glad i'm I'm glad that these, uh, what's the generation right now that, that like an 18 year old, what's that generation? 18 Gen to 25. Z? I Gen think Z. it's the generation X. No, Gen Z. No. Oh, Gen Z. The, okay. The super internet phone kids. Yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. Those guys, man, they, they kind of had a messed up situation. Like there, there wasn't quite as much opportunity. I feel like for these guys, you know, they're coming up. College is a just ridiculously expensive oh, yeah. you know go to college it's not worth anything and then you end up fifty thousand dollars in debt sweet That's why they're all youtubers and tiktokers totally and now they have crypto and i'm so yeah. stoked i'm like yes i think that if you just can't realize what's the future and you refuse right. to go along with it you'll just get ran over we got into a debate with this guy online because he's like the problem with this world is we don't have people don't want to be doctors and lawyers and shit anymore. Like these kids didn't cut grass. You could tell that they didn't have little hustles when they were kids. Cause they're all like in their uh, devices and YouTube and playing video games. And Jimmy's like, well, they can make money off that shit. Like he's all, well, that's just not like, just because he was mad. I feel like that he isn't doing it, even though he's lightweight, like trying to put himself out there on the internet. He, yeah. It's not good enough for his kids. And yeah we're trying to explain like just because it's on youtube and it it looks like they just sit there and make a video there's a lot more work to it to build enough of a fan base to actually monetize and like actually survive and like get by on that and like he was just so pissed and it's like this man obviously isn't adapting the way that this but he's trying but he's trying to do it himself but he doesn't yeah, want his son to, to be somebody who adapts to it like he wants it sounded like he wants his son to be like a 
a labor worker, iron worker or something trade like that. And I'm just like, cool, or... if he wants to do that, cool. But I'm just saying he could take that trade skill that he's gained and learn to provide help to the world or whatnot and use that Bio to monetize YouTube. it on his own yeah. kind of way as well. He could take right. it to YouTube or Twitch or whatever the heck he decides to do or whatever platform is available in 10, 20 years from now. And he can, you know, be an expert at it because he was on his tablet when he was young and, you know, learning all the ways on how to use technology and apps and stuff like that. So instead of trying to restrict them from the future, dude, sometimes you just got to go with the floor. You're going to get ran over. It's kind of like when Redbox presented to Hollywood Video and Blockbuster that, hey, we got this vending machine that's going to spit out movies and it's probably going to take over. We'll offer you to buy us for a million dollars. That was Netflix. No, before Netflix, though, it was Redbox, though, before Netflix. I feel like Netflix was first. Well, whatever, which whatever one is first, right? (laughs) So they both took over the market, right? And the other guys got shut down when they had a chance, an opportunity to buy Netflix and Redbox and things like that. And then they got ran over. They they weren't about that future. So that goes for the parents who aren't, you know, about the, the way of the world in the future going forward in the way the world is progressing if you don't allow your children to to adapt and grow in that world then by the time they're adults they're going to be more lost than they're the kids you think behind. that are going to be lost from being on the tablets and stuff like that mm-hmm. i hate it when, when try to try to force a certain narrative oh yeah. man my well, i grew up in a really religious situation and that wasn't that's not negative in fact it's amazing for for so many people but if it's not what what vibes with the kid, it, man, it can be so divisive. So it's, it's sketchy, man. When you're a parent, you're telling your kids what to do, like what they can be and what they can believe and stuff. It, I think it, it shoves a wedge right in between you if they if they don't agree with you. That's what he said. He's all, my kid will never do this. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm of the mind where my kids are going to do whatever the fuck makes them happy. And, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, totally. I would rather my kid be happy creating content on YouTube than working for somebody else, hating their job, hating their life and having no freedom. I said, at least with like, like my daughter has a YouTube channel. She's not like on there with her face and her voice doing shit. She's creating little videos of like her anime and like her, she's animating shit, graphic arts, whatever. And posting that on YouTube. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, you can't do that because I don't want you staring at YouTube all day long. Right. I'm saying, yep. what, what do you need, yeah. babe? Do we need to get you a laptop? What kind of software you need to like level up your game? I'm here for it because my daughter, you know her, my, I have like really good kids. Totally. <laughs> I'm tooting my harm on that. Um, like she's been asking me for like the last year or two, like how old does she need to be to get a job? I said, well, babe, like, legally if you want to go get a job somewhere this i'm like but you can like make money off your art you can commission your art like like why not do that like besides starting to build her platform and she's probably gonna have income coming in before she's 18 like off this shit and i'm fucking here for it you know like let's go sister (laughs) yes ma'am and besides like now there's something called nfts too so the young yeah the young artists man they got whole new world ahead of them that they'll be able to utilize and <laughs> dive into the nft world like that right there is the future as well it sounds like 
you you know what I'm talking about. Oh Dang. man, I I'll tell you what I I got absolutely annihilated with my NL, uh, NFT positions the past week. Oh man, <laughs> oh, man I'm so I'm so uh, so sorry to hear that. It was like catching a falling knife. I was buying it all the way down. It was a disaster, but I'm 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 back on the upswing. I was gonna say, I mean, but you did the right thing by buying on the way down because <laughs> it's the people that sell on the way down that really lose. Very true. How long does it take you guys to um, put together this podcast? Like how much time do you put in outside of just filming? And uh, Well, so for, for the video itself, like when I used to do, it would take me a while because I was learning how to do like editing and stuff like that. Thankfully, we like to be pretty raw and like just fucking keep the whole video and not cut shit out unless we really have to. Um and so that process, and however, depending on the computer, sometimes this computer sucks and doesn't, it takes forever to upload and export. But then like outside of that, the, the constant like networking to try to get people to be on the podcast, like I'm doing that all day, every day, like planting seeds, starting conversations with people. And then, um, just being kind of tied into what people are seeing on social media mm. versus what's what I find interesting or, 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 or the ways that it triggers me to think about what could be a good conversation him too. Like, and then we, we have an app where we put all our topics together. Like Hot as and then boss. we're, we're, we're talking boss. every single day. We have our business meetings. We're talking about, okay, what, what's the next level? Like, how's this content going to look? What are we going to do different? Like all like, it's, it's basically a full-time job, but pot is life. Yeah. Pot is life. We don't, we're not getting super paid for it now. Like we are monetized on YouTube now, which is cool. The fact that it happened Congrats. in under awesome. a year is like our goal for subscribers at the end of 2020 was a hundred. And at the end of 2020, we had about 500. And at the end of 2020, we said, okay, what's our next goal for the end of 2021? We said 1500. And we're already at 35 something. So we're like, we're blowing ourselves out of the water, but like now we got to like aim higher. Yeah. Like, Jimmy, I what almost. What are you going to do about that, man? How are you, you going to aim higher? <laughs> uh, Man, dude, I got so many ideas going through my head every single day, and I'm it's just really constant. creative. Hell yeah, I'm just excited, so. man. That's that's all it is. I'm just excited to. I, I love doing this. I love recording. I love talking to people. I love having the funny episodes. I love having the informational episodes. It's just all a great time all around and in general. And I love meeting people like you who you know, you know, are super like transparent, genuine, and you bring something great to the world. You like to help people. And we relate on that level because I love to help people too. And so just everything that revolves around this podcast is just great energy to me. And that's what I love about it the most is that I feel the energy and, and I feel it reciprocated as well. And, you know, I just love giving it back and just, it's just a cycle, full cycle of great energy. So and I feel like it's leveling us up in like many ways, yeah. like just not just like monetarily, you know what I mean? But like, like we, I've never in my life thought, okay, I'm going to have an LLC and like, here we are, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. 
and, and then all the the self-worth and self-respect and like you know everything that comes with that kind of a freedom like and moving that direction it's like it's pretty cool everything is a part of a greater plan and the people yeah. that it attracts that are like good and the people that leave your life that weren't good for you you know daniel all of this was already written us being on a podcast with you right now, your new level research, Cyphering Chronicles, the great energy, all that. It was already written. Um, man, dude, can you tell everybody how to find uh, your product and your your social media and all that great stuff? Yeah, sure. So at New Level Research on Instagram, um, newlevelresearch.com. Uh, it's with a U, N-U, levelresearch.com. Um, I'd say... We're not super active on Instagram. Uh, we have a Shopify store that we uh, crank out a lot of stuff on. And man, we have a lot of cool stuff coming out. So I hope to uh, do more content-based stuff like digital products, teach people how to meditate, beginners courses on just different ways to, to, to level up. So that'd be dope. It'd be fun. Super awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Cypher slide through today. We uh, highly appreciate you coming through. Likewise. Thank you, guys. Everybody, Daniel of New Level Research. Thank you for tuning in. I didn't play the music in the beginning, huh? Didn't we just went right in? So good. We had some serious and great things to talk about. (laughs) We'll check you all next episode Monday live. We out.